the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Mr.comer on weei.com. Recapping uh, Thursday's OTA Patriots session, uh, the first of the media availability, but the third for the team. Um, I was there. You were not. So nothing against you, but you, you, you efforted to get there. Yeah, apparently uh, we can have 30,000 fans at Fenway Park, but we can only have 30 reporters at Patriots training practices. With masks, too. Hopefully that changes for next week. With masks, yes. Yes, we are. I did have a discussion with Stacey James, Patriots Media Relations Director, and um, he's hoping that it changes or expecting that it changes for training camp. I don't know how it couldn't because they're going to allow fans at training camp. They certainly probably need to allow reporters. Um I mean, they're basically fought, they're still living in the pandemic the, a year ago. The rules that the NFL put out a year ago and hasn't officially updated. Now, could the Patriots choose to do more than that? I think they could, but obviously Bill Belichick is never going to make things easy on the media, never going to increase the media exposure. And uh, therefore, Ryan Hannibal was our uh, eyes, ears, and boots on the ground, and his eyes saw something he did not like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's, let's get off of that jump point. Just because my, my first takeaway was Mac Jones looked small. Yep. Everybody jumped to, to, first of all, saying, well, of course he's small next to Cam Newton. And then the next point was, well, like it was a, took it as a negative. I didn't say it as a negative. I just said he looked small. Like, <laughs> I mean, but this is, this is the day and age that we're living in. Like, I can't even tell you how many like tweets I got, like kind of like taking that as a negative and taking a shot at me. Like it wasn't meant as a negative. That was the first walking on to the 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 ramp down to the to the stands to watch practice. You see Mac Jones next to uh, Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, and he just looks small. And even throwing the ball, like his arms are small. It's not a knock against him. He hasn't been in the NFL yet. He hasn't had that weight training yet. He just looks small to me. Not a negative. Just he looks small. Okay. First of all, you're not the only person that said that. Tom Curran said it, and most importantly. I'm going to say this. this is not a shot. It's just reality. An expert on short, Mike Reese, went on SportsCenter, and the first thing he did in his hit with, I think, Sage Steele or whoever the anchor was, was talk about Jimmy, uh, excuse me, talk about Max Jones' height and comparing it to Jimmy Garoppolo, another quarterback that the first time you see him on the field, not, you know, tall, not built in the Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Drew Bledsoe classic, you know, pocket passer sense. Um, now, does it matter? No. Because there's lots of short quarterbacks. These forget about Drew Brees and like guys that were outliers, Russell Wilson. A lot of the young quarterbacks coming in are just short now. Like those age old, oh, you got to be over six three, six four, six five, whatever you had to be back in the day. That doesn't matter anymore. Now I will say, he was obviously going to be small next to Cam Newton, who is a beast of a man, who's tall, you know, muscular, but. Everything I read from Curran and people like he also was noticeably small next to guys that he's listed as being the same size as or bigger than Jarrett Stidham yeah. and Brian Hoyer. So in the end, will it ever matter? No, but that's what these things are about. I mean, they're not competing. So you can't say, boy, he really he really squeezed a deep ball in there and tight coverage or this. And like, no, they're in shorts and T-shirts. They're half hell. Half the team wasn't on the field. So you're going to have some of these types of just initial gut eyeball test reactions and you Curran Reese 
your first reaction was pretty simple. He looks kind of small out there. Well, it's like you said, it was a non-competitive practice. I think they got maximum of four reps and seven on sevens, and those were probably half to three-quarter speed. So it wasn't like you could analyze actual competitive 11 on 11, seven on seven reps. That was like, if, the, if that was the case, I think maybe we'd be talking more about how he looks in those, but you can't really take much away from it. So therefore we're analyzing how he looks. That's just the reality of OTA. It's like, it is what it is. And it's the reality for him. Like you're in the spotlight, everything you do say, you know, how you look, how you throw, who you're talking to, like everything he does for the next, who knows how long it'll go, depending on, you know, the roles as they play out moving forward, it's going to be not only analyzed, but overanalyzed and super yeah. analyzed. And just, what does this mean? What is it? Oh, I mean, yesterday, everybody says, oh, yeah. Mac Jones and Cam Newton went in one group. Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham went. I can virtually guarantee you when we are out there next Friday, is it? Yep. Those two pairings will be different. I'm yep. going to make that wager right now. Those two pairings will be different. Well, I was just going to say, we there was a two sessions earlier in the week. We don't know what happened in those sessions. We Like, Mac Jones could have went fourth in those sessions, and they could have had competitive 11-on-11, 7-on-7 drills, and he did nothing. Like, we don't know. But right. so because this is the only thing we get, you're going to read into it. And I, I, don't, I don't want to make this, like, declaration, but I'll throw that out there. Do you think this is sort of Bill Belichick? putting it out there to the world, so to speak, that Mac Jones, like, is a viable candidate to be the starting quarterback in 2020, 2021? Um, no. And I, I, no, I think it's just probably how they mapped it out. I don't, I mean, I guess he could have buried him and made sure he went fourth in every right. single drill because he's the new guy and you earn everything around here. That's why you're number 50. You, you don't get your number. You don't get to pick who you are or what you do. I, I think they want him to get the reps he needs and, and move forward. And, and I just think that's the reality is he's in that two slash three range. Like, I think we can all agree. Brian Hoyer's four yes. um, just on arrival time or whatever. He's a two slash three. Like I don't discount, like I kind of expect, as I said, maybe next week we'll see Newton and Stidham go to one field or one area and Jones and Hoyer go to another area. Now, does that mean, Oh, yeah. Whew, in a week, he's already fallen out of the two spot. He's now the well, third. Well, you know starter. we're going to get there. That happens. And none of it is valid. None right. of it is useful or true. Um, it's more valid to say he's short because that's at least a fact right. to read into which guy he's paired off with and what that means about his role. And I saw a lot of it, like that he's the number two quarterback based on everything. Okay. I guess for this day and those drills. Say, based on Thursday, whatever the date was, May 27th, he was the number two quarterback, but that doesn't mean anything. Right. That's a little snapshot. That doesn't mean when you back up that the picture is really what you you think it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a manipulation necessarily by Belichick. I don't think he wanted to broadcast. Mac Jones is already number two. He's now just got Peyton, uh, excuse me. Peyton Manning, where the hell? Cam Newton. I may be concussed or allergy. Jesus. No, no bleeping idea where that came from. You couldn't get any different, Peyton Manning and Cam Newton. Um, that he's like suddenly chasing Cam Newton. Like that's I don't think that's the it's the reality, but it's not the message. 
Like, yeah. I don't think he's trying to promote that. Uh, how he looks, he throws a decent ball. Like, that was a scattering report. Throws a catchable ball. Like, has got a nice touch on it. Seems to have a He was a first-round pick. I'd like him to throw a decent ball. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but that hey, was... Hey, fair. Tim Tebow didn't. He was a first-round pick, and he right, didn't but, throw it. Again, that's what we're working with. Like, we saw, like, this is what we saw yesterday. So, we have to kind of you know, overanalyze, just because that's what the nature of the... We can't go to practice and say, well... They didn't really compete much, so that's that's it. We're not done talking about it, so we're going to overanalyze everything. Okay, um, so if we're going to overanalyze anything, everything, yeah. and magnify everything, the thing I would like to, being positive, Andy, I'm not negative like you. I don't say the new quarterback looks short and frail and tiny. Um, being positive, Andy, I would like to magnify comments made by one Kendrick Bourne, one of the new wide receivers on this team, and him talking about the energy, the confidence, and the, quote, swagger that Mac Jones brings to the field. I don't think it's a surprise. I mean, we've heard enough stories from Alabama and his growing up in college and, and everything um, that he has swagger, that he has confidence. He believes in himself. He's not going to wilt under pressure. And, you know, maybe some of the stuff that we've, we've speculated about Stidham last year. Oh, he's not an alpha. He kind of, as soon as cam arrived, he kind of gave, gave Mm -hmm. way to cam. Well, we think Mac Jones is an alpha. We think he dealt with all of this at Alabama and he's ready for this kind of spotlight and challenge and that whole thing. But I do think it's good to hear a teammate talk about that. And it was, I thought really natural and not like uh forced or he's trying to say the right thing. Um, it was like teammates all talked about Cam's energy last year, right? Yep. Like why? Because I think they legitimately all saw a guy who bounces around the field, bounces around like, right. So I think this is a similar version of what Kendrick Bourne really sees honestly from Mac Jones. And to me, for a wide receiver, the offense veteran newcomer to see confidence, leadership, swagger, that is the big takeaway. That is the, the biggest positive to take away from yesterday's workout. Yeah, I saw like the little snippets of the competitiveness, like they did the bucket drill in the end zone and he kind of was visibly not like pissed off at himself, but he kind of expects to like come closer and make every throw in the bucket. Like that's right. what he comes to expect. And nobody, Cam Newton, Jared, Sid and Brian or him hit the bucket, but he expected to and he kind of like clapped his arms when he wouldn't miss it. Like, I don't know, just little things like that. He, he has that competitive nature, which I think is good to see. Cam Newton's probably closer to kicking the bucket as an NFL. Uh, uh, Hunter Henry actually stepped in and threw a couple, and he may or may not have come closer than Cam Newton. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Um, yeah, I, that's – I think Mac Jones is ready. Like the the red shirt talk, oh, Lombardi, they should just red shirt him for a year. You know who I think would push back more than anyone against that idea? Mac Jones. Like, I don't think Mac Jones comes in thinking, yep, I need to need to sit back and watch a professional and and learn the professional game. I think Mac Jones believes that probably September 12th, like I do, he should be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Like, yeah, that was my like walking away from yesterday. I like my percentages of Mac Jones starting week one went up. Like, I think (laughs) I'm not like declaring him the week one starter. Like I just, he just gave a kind of like you, you just talked about. He's not afraid of the spotlight. He's sort of fitting right into the NFL team. He's got his teammates sort of backing him up already. Like I think that he can certainly, he's not ready right now to start, but I think between now and September 12th, I think he could potentially get to that point. And I think he sees for himself too. I'm, I can be better than Cam Newton. Like I can do this. So I think that things are, 
trending towards him potentially being able to start week one. Okay, I love to hear that. I agree with that. You know, I think he should start. I want him to start. I, I'm not. I want to get to Cam Newton in a minute, but I also want to touch on something Hunter Henry said in relation to this discussion. And I thought it was he he was very confident slash cocky about the offense. He said like once we're all working together, it's going to be tough to stop or something. But more importantly, and I think for both players, he talked about he's not worried about the quarterback competition. He's worried about his room, him and Jonu Smith, the offense, him, Jonu Smith, the receivers, the offensive line, the mm -hmm. run. And I, that's what I believe is most important with this offense. Like we're going to fixate on the quarterback because it's quarterback. It's the most right. important position, whatever. But the reality is both guys, whoever is the starter on September 12th, October 3rd, whatever the date is, is really going to have to lean on the rest of the offense. This isn't going to be a, a quarterback-centric offense right. if they're going to have success. It's going to be run the ball, offensive line, you know, run after catch for John U. Smith, Hunter Henry winning match, like all of that, which is where I always go back to my infancy covering the team. Those were all the discussions back in 2001 when Bledsoe got hurt and Brady took over. It was we all need to do more now. We can't just sit back and let Drew carry us. We can't, you know, wait for Drew to make a big play or a big throw, or we all have to chip in more to help the young quarterback. That's, I think, the reality of this offense for the here and for the now. And I kind of like that mentality from, you know, Hunter Henry, who's theoretically going to be a centerpiece of your, your new look offense. It could be the number one target option. Right. Right. And, and I also liked, you know, cause I think some people I've heard whispers like, you know, will Hunter Henry fit? He, did he really want to come here? He wanted to go to a place with a quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Like for him to say, he loves the culture. He loves this time of year, the team building. I do think he's going to be a key guy and a key. I don't know if leader's the right word. Cause I don't want to put that on him, but a key, key veteran, key presence in the offense, in the locker room. And to hear him a talk about the offense, having to carry itself without the quarterback and B the culture and building everything now. I thought those were good things. Okay, so let's get to Cam Newton. Uh, same same deal. Like, he brought the energy. Like, he well, was big, like, right? He's tall. Big, tall, enthusiastic, <laughs> dancing. The throwing motion, still the same. Like, we saw the report, what the throwing coach back to fundamentals. I didn't see that. Again, it wasn't – there was no, like – we didn't see it, like, full speed live action, but I, it didn't really seem to be much difference. Well, just so you know, it'll get harder full speed. Like if you were ever going to notice it, this environment would be where you'd see it because he'd be overemphasizing it. Right. The full speed, he's going to revert to now, his memory. Maybe there are a few minor tweaks that you can't really see from the naked eye. But right. that's the reality. We talked about Jed Fish said it last August that, you know, there was all this talk of Cam's mechanics and working on his motion and this. And Jed Fish said, when you're in your 30s in the NFL, you can work on your footwork. He, what did he say? Below the waist and yes. above the yeah. shoulders. Yeah. But the motion, the act like that, you, you're already too entrenched. You are who you are as a thrower at that point. And that's why I thought it was a little bit like Vince Wilfork redistributing his weight every summer. Sure, he did. He's a nose tackle. He's big. He is what he is. We all bought it because people would say, oh, he worked hard to read. And right. then you're like... I know my quotes say he redistributed his weight, but my eyes tell me his weight looks a lot like the weight has always been. It's going to be the same with Cam. He throws yeah. like he throws at this point. Now, the end result could be better. Like the motion could lead to a completion or a play, but 
to think he's suddenly going to be looking like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Maybe that's what I was thinking. He's going to throw like Peyton oh, Manning. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mechanics. All right, all right, all right. Um, but Cam was Cam, and like it's it's fine. Like he he did he did everything he did last year, and like could that be better this year with better weapons? Sure, but like nothing that happened yesterday like changed my outlook. Like oh, Cam Newton's a new man. Like he's got a new throwing motion. Like he's definitely on his way to be better. That wasn't there, but nor should have been there. Like it was a a, a random May practice. You think he's given uh, Mac Jones a nickname yet? No. You know what I would do if I was if I was Cam Newton? <laughs> what? I would give him the nick. Hey, everybody, I, I got Max nickname. Backup. <laughs> That's what I would name him. See how he responds to that. <laughs> That's actually. I wouldn't be like, that's probably going to be a question during his first uh, meeting with the media. Like, oh, you're a big nickname guy last year. Like, do you have one for Mac Jones? Well, and especially since it's an Auburn, Alabama thing, like there's a lot there. But if he if he wanted to have a little fun with it, he would tell the media, yeah, I nicknamed him backup. (laughs) Let's get to that. How do you think he'll handle? Like, that was a question that Bill Belichick was asked, uh, whatever, Thursday. Like, how do you think Cam will handle, you know, with the first round pick behind him? Like, how do you think that will potentially play out? Not only now, but I'm sure it'll change over the course of training camp and getting closer to the regular season. I think he'll handle it great now. June, OTAs, mini camp, early training camp. I think he'll say all the right things. He'll be playful. He'll charismatic. Like, I have no – I mean, first of all, we'll see if they're even available. I mean, they – I would have thought they could have made a quarterback available yesterday. And here's what they're going to do. We talked about this yesterday in the stands. One of the mini camp days, they're going to make all four quarterbacks available at the exact same time. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Typical. Um, but he'll handle it well. I think he'll handle it well until reality sets in. Remember last year, he had the only hints of edginess were post game, bad performance, you know, J.J. Watt batting down passes, like some of those questions he had an air a little bit to him. If it's, whether it's a preseason game, maybe there's a preseason game where he goes two of 12 with an interception and Mac Jones goes seven and eight with a touchdown. It might start to see a crack. And then if that happens again, or if it starts to become evident, obvious that he. Maybe the guy nicknamed the backup is Superman, right? That that Mac Jones is actually like during training camp, he's the star of practices, making all these big throws and getting a lot of the reps. And and in conjunct, see, I don't think he'll handle it terribly if Mac just beats him out. Mm -hmm. I think he'll handle it if he struggles. Like he he was self aware last year. You remember? I was just going to say that. I think he has a good, like he knows he stunk last year. Right. And remember, he kept saying, like, you know, you keep playing like this. It's going to be permanent. It's going to be like you can't go out like that. Can't go like he knew how bad he was last year. Remember the last I think the last Greg Hill show, he talked about reads, timing, mechanics, throws, can't be bouncing the ball. Like everything we've said, he said he's very self-aware. He doesn't he doesn't live in denial. And so if he loses the job but plays well and it's just like, well, Cam, he's the future. He's the first round pick. You you, you, you can gave clearly us see it out on the field. Like you're just right. He's just better if than he, if he stinks, I think frustration will set in and you could see some cracks. And that's where you go down the road of 
it does he just get cut is he not around right but, that's where you get down the road this is why brian hoyer was brought in for a stable veteran backup and right. you can kind of see things see where everything is is getting planned and, and which road they could go down okay so the last guy because sorry hoyer you're not really in the conversation the last guy is jared stidham like i posed the idea a while ago any chance he could be the best quarterback on the field I can't make shrug. Any, we're doing a podcast. It's audio. I can't make any decorations from yesterday. He got three reps in seven on seven drills. Like he, he looked the same, like we'll, we'll know more. And, and I'm sure one of these OTA centers of minicamp will have actual competitive 11 on 11 work. We'll have a better sense of what he is. He's the same. He was the same guy as we've seen, like no, nothing, nothing changed. Like could he, could he potentially look better than Cam Newton and Mac Jones? Sure. I don't. I can't tell you that after yesterday, but based on what we've seen this offseason with the work in California being very close with Hunter Henry, like I think he's having a good offseason, and we'll just get a chance to see it once we get more competitive work in front of us. But for the here and now, he's still kind of a background guy. Yes. Background story, background competitor, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like he was eating the reps and taking the first rep in every drill because he is the most – veteran guy on the in the room right well i mean hoyer I, hoyer whatever but right. like he's been here for three years hoyer's been off and on for all, all that and newton's only been here for one and mac jones been here for two months so he he you could make a case he should have taken the first reps in every drill that didn't happen right so it is what it is he is what he is yes until he proves otherwise he's kind of a secondary storyline to this whole competition this summer yes and i mean like i don't like they they just did like fundamental like it was a lot of teaching yesterday like josh ray daniels had a hands-on approach going over like little mechanic stuff then they broke off with one two tight end two coat two quarterbacks went with the tight ends two quarterbacks went with the running backs like it was very there wasn't competitive stuff it was a lot of teaching going over like where you're going to be if you're going to run a slant in the red zone or or where you're going to be in the flat for this, you know, dump off in the red zone. Like there wasn't much like competitive stuff. It was a lot of teaching, which is what Bill Belichick keeps emphasizing. It's the teaching camp, not a competition. Right. I know he, he does that every year. This is, it's not about evaluation. It's about teaching and installation, but we're going to start to evaluate. And I, I actually think he starts to evaluate. It's a minor part. I'm not saying. Of course he he does. Like you can, you, you can't like make any declarations for who's going to start week one, but you can kind of get a good sense of, Oh, this guy gets it. Like, oh, this guy could play a, a role for us. Like, this guy fits here. Like, you kind of start to see where where the pieces fit. You don't put a you don't have a finished product, but he definitely has an idea after these, like where things could be going. Although, if we're talking about where the pieces fit, it's hard to figure out where the pieces fit when you're missing like a third of the pieces. You ever try to do a puzzle and you start to realize, son of a bitch, not all the pieces are here. Especially <laughs> when like, the, most, the most important pieces aren't there. Yeah. So um, what did you make of, I, I guess it was 27 names. Yeah, it was uh, 26, 27, but then there was a couple guys that showed up late, but didn't really participate. So right. it, it was like 25 guys. were not, we're not there. And some guys who based on the photos, the Patriots have been out, have actually been out there like right. at times, um, Casey Jackson, even, Chase Winovich, like those Chase guys Winovich was booked as a, a, uh, interview for reporters until the last minute when he was scratched because, Apparently they realized he wasn't out there. Well, a case there could be maybe he suffered a minor injury like earlier in the week, and they were just like, "It's not worth you going out there." Like or it could be anything. Day. He could have said, "Oh, I got a day. 
I, 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 got, New uh, Hampshire, his new I was going to say, state. I got Memorial Day weekend plans in New Hampshire. I got to go up there to meet the traffic. Or maybe he had to go milk a cow or something for the National Dairy Council that he's Again, part of. I should say that these everything's voluntary. Like even Bill Belichick, I think for the first time ever in his life, like admitted that these are voluntary. Yeah, but they're not. I mean, they are, but they aren't. Like I know, but for that weird voluntary, but be careful if you, you know, it's what I said last year about people that opted out. Be careful. You opt out. You might be out of sight, out of mind. And mm-hmm. oh, son of a bitch. All eight players aren't back with the Patriots this year to help them win the Super Bowl. I thought that was going to be why they were going to be good. Yeah, well, one of them is you want to get into the the big name. Who's the big name? Hightower. Of oh, that okay. opt out group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. And I don't know what to make of any of this. Like, I think he's going to be back. It, like, but the rumblings that he won't like my biggest concern isn't does he show up? My concern is. Is he still Dante Hightower or is a year away at his age with his injury? Well, should it be like I, Bill's answer to that question didn't really give me like I'm I'm less confident that he plays after hearing Bill's response to being asked directly, do you have plan on Dante Hightower being on your roster week one? Yes. And he said, how did he work? Like he said, like, I I expect everybody on the roster now to be there, but I understand things change, life happens, things come up. Right. Yeah, it was very, it was very strange. Now, you know me, my initial reaction is going to be if he doesn't come back, if he retires or whatever, mm-hmm. people are going to make a big deal, right? Because they've made a big deal about his return. They've been like, one of the reasons the Patriots defense is going to be so good this year and people think it's going to be dominant is you get Dante Hightower back in the middle. So when he doesn't show up, you have to say, ooh, Patriots got a big question in the middle of the defense. I don't know that they're going to be good enough. Like, cause you were putting so much stock in his return. Right. You got to take away that stock that you, you put in there. Anyway, I do think it's interesting. This weird, not just Patriots, this weird off season, this, um, you know, Tom Brady practicing at Steinbrenner field across the, the street from the bucks OTAs and Bruce Arian saying, yeah, no, I told him I didn't want him to be here. And then the very next sentence is, I mean, I'd love him to be here in the meetings and the team building and all that, but like, right. so do you want him there? Like, and then Brady telling people not to work out, but then working out. And I mean, they certainly, the Patriots certainly have a valuable list of the James Whites and yeah, you know, James White, Stefan Gilmore, uh, Devin McCourty, uh, Lawrence Guy. Um, captains, like, they're yes. all ca- right. basically all captains, starters, key contributors. And do I think it's a big deal? No, but. Well, I'm just, I don't know, this came in mind. Matthew Slater was out there, and he's the Patriots NFL PA rep. What does that say? Yeah, I don't I don't understand all of it. And, and then with Ted Karras, wasn't he, isn't he a big, like, board guy? He was yes. out there. Yeah, so, like, his career these guys that him. These guys that are supposedly, like, leaders with the NFL PA are sort of going against what they wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's 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 a weird dynamic. I don't know how they fix it. We've talked about this before, like how they attempt to fix it, voluntary, mandatory, whatever. But again, back to Hunter Henry, who's a guy you could look at as a guy that I think has a little bit of a first round pick, high price free agent, surfer boy, air to him, hat oh, back. Sure. Total bro. Like right? That. Yeah. And yet he's telling me, not me, every the Zoom call. Um, this oh, is his favorite exclusive. No, wasn't an exclusive. I didn't have a one-on-one Zoom with him, uh, FaceTime. Uh, I will say thank him, though, that 
because he was in the facility, his his Wi-Fi actually worked this time. So oh, it wasn't from the back of his Jeep. No, um, but he he not only said how much he loves this time of year in terms of team building and all that, but he said these are reps you can't make up, and there's well, some truth to that. Well, didn't uh, Jacoby Myers say that on his call uh, earlier in the week? Basically, the receivers kind of looked at last year and how like they needed the reps with the quarterback and right. they didn't get it and. I think that's transferred over because all the wide receivers were there. All the tight ends were there besides John Smith. So I think there was a concerted effort to say, Hey, like we're all new to this. Like we could actually benefit from these reps. So let's make an effort to be there because we saw what happened last year. Right. And that's, I think all players realize it's better to have the reps than not have them. Like Brady used to Brady used to emphasize how important they were till he stopped going. Right. <laughs> then he, right. And now he's back to their important again. And I think they all realize practice makes perfect. Reps matter. Experience matters. Working together matters. But they're caught up in this weird collective bargaining, NFLPA, NFL. I mean, I will say for some players, like Devin McCourty, you think he needs the, the reps? No, but do I think it's better if he's hanging out with Jalen Mills? Sure, like, sure. I think it, both are incremental. I want to be key with for a guy yeah. like Devin McCourty, the yeah. quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. I think it's big. It's important, right. but yeah, like, Devin McCourty, Jalen Mills, Stephon Gilmore, like it's incremental. Do you learn a guy? Do you get a better relationship? It's, it's very, very tiny, but I think it would always be better that you're there than you're not there. That you're yeah, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a negative. You can never make an argument that it was bad that Devin McCourty went to OTAs. Right. Right. It'll always be a net positive. It just might be a tiny, 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 tiny piece of it. Um, but again, this is going to be a story across the NFL, like Aaron Rodgers, forget all the, you know, fighting, infighting, whatever's going on aside. He's in Hawaii doing cliff diving and hanging out with his girlfriend or his wife or fiance, different people. I don't even know, but it's going to be a story because of last year and the way it played out and this idea. I just don't really understand the players' insistence on we need more time off. We need more time away. Like, this is your job. Like, this is your full-time you, job. You are off. You're off from – let's just – even if you get to the Super Bowl, you're off from February – the second week in February through mid-April. Right. And then off again. And off in, again for an entire month of July – of month and a half, really. June and July, like, right. And, and, and I know they talk about um, it's gotten too competitive at times in some of these things. And, and maybe that's true. Cause you remember that was kind of the big thing, like three or four years ago where guys were like turning teams in for video and, and too much contact or too much competitive. Right. Or I just, what's the end game. Do you really want to leave in February and not come back until, do we want to go back to the sixties? Cause that's what they used to do. But okay, players, let, let, if I'm the NFL, I would put that on the table. Okay, you guys think the offseason's too too long. Okay, we'll do what we did back then. We reported for camp in mid-July, and we had about 37 straight days of double sessions to get right. everybody in shape and ready. to. You want to do that? You want 37 straight days of double sessions? Well, I think the players would make the argument they can get, stay in shape on their own, which I think some of them can, but there's also a difference between being in shape and knowing what to do with your team. And, like, you would probably – I don't know how much the data would back it up, but I think it'd be a bad product September. Oh, I do think it could have, but this is going to be, this is 
it sounds like we're discussing 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 a high level um, big money pro sports issue. We're not really. We're discussing a labor issue, which is going to come to a head for a lot of people who probably believe, I don't need to go back to the office. I don't need to go back to work. I can do my job just fine from home. I've done it from home for the last eight, 10, 12 months. Mm -hmm. Nothing's been lost. And whether that's true or not, and like you said, it doesn't matter the job. There's a certain added benefit or environment to being in the office and to interacting with your work. And, and maybe that's just BSing and throwing ideas around that you wouldn't do in a Zoom or on an email chain. And, right. And, or, you know, I've seen CEOs, that guy got in trouble for his like letter to the editor about, you know, office dynamics and, you know, birthday celebrations and unity and just, just different things. I think this is a, a labor management issue that's going to kind of be debated in a lot of areas. But from an NFL perspective, I do think over the long haul, the more people that are away for more time this time of year will have a, a negative effect on the quality of play in teams yes. and offenses. Now, whether you see it or not, I don't know. Because if, if everybody takes a 10% step back in their production, their execution, does that equal out because everybody's taking the step back or... I mean, it's going to certainly be hard to to measure or or gauge. I mean, I think we've talked about some solutions. I think we've discussed one of them is having like one week sessions, like once a month, like right. come in for a week. We go over like what some insulation, some stuff. You can get some workout stuff, do it on your own in the next three weeks, come back and, and regroup there. So it's not like you're expected to be at the facility three days a week for two months, like maybe one week a month you're because i kind of you don't want to do one day a week and you're traveling if you bunch it all together right. like I, I think there are some ways that you could redistribute the off season and sort of both sides the coaches and the players and the owners would uh, agree to it right and you're always going to have some of the voluntary aspect to it in terms yeah, the of the facility's always going to be open if gunner olszewski wants to be there every day every week for five months in the off season he has that right and oh, by the way, if you're, I don't know, some other Jag receiver and he Isaiah beats you Zuber. out. Yeah, if you're Zuber, well, don't get mad if he beats you out. He put more into it. Right. We didn't make you. But the reality is when we got to late August, he was ahead of you. He was better than you. He had mm -hmm. built a better foundation. You lose a job and that's on you. you. You decide what you want in life. So, yeah, we'll see. But from the Patriots big picture perspective, do I think it's a big deal? Any of the guys that are absent? No, only Hightower because, and it's not that he's not there. It's because you don't even know. Sure he's going to be there. Right. Right. Um, let's get into uh, the coaches. So yeah. Matt, Matt Patricia was out on the field Thursday. We didn't really know what his role would be. He obviously did some draft stuff, did some personnel stuff, but he was on the field for the entire practice. Um, was next to Bill Belichick for probably 70% of that. And then he went off and coached the defensive line on his own a little bit, but I don't know what we want to make of this, but I think that he's continuing to be sort of a, a guy that Bill Belichick relies heavily on this season, whether that's the Casero related or not, I don't know, but I think Bell, I think Matt Patricia is going to play a prominent role um, on the coaching staff this season. Agreed. Um, Bill talked a little bit about it before practice and his, pre you know, talking what we've talked about, similar to when McDaniels left and came back that, you know, yeah. the experiences Matt has had, the new things he's seen, and now he's been a vital 
vital addition in his return since and will be moving forward and what that means exactly. I mean, as you said yesterday to me on the phone, we'll see once we get media guides exactly what roles are described as and where guys are listed. I was also thinking too, like it probably can't be a prominent role because isn't he still getting paid by Detroit? I believe so. So, so yes, he's not going to be listed as like the assistant GM or something like. Right, like it probably like assistant to the head coach or yeah. scouting assistant or coaching yeah. assistant or. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I found interesting is sort of people writing and observing that he was most heavily involved with the trenches. Yeah. Like the the offensive and defensive line, and in that I didn't see him with the offensive line, but the defensive line. I read that somewhere. See, when my eyes aren't there, I don't know what's well, going on. See again, it, it's possible. I mean, I I was more, I, I can't say I was fixating on the offensive line work. So maybe there was a chance he was over there. And maybe the person got confused when the O line and D line was together. He was with that. Could be. Um, you know, they lost Brett Bielema last yep. this off season to Illinois. So there's certainly a maybe a a depth lack of depth there on the defensive front coaching. Uh, obviously, he's your former defensive coordinator, but primarily he was a back-end guy, linebackers, safeties, defensive backs in the past. So he's diversifying his experiences. Um, but I, I am interested not only in practices or practices, whatever, everybody's out there for, but as game days evolve, is he in the booth? Where is he? What roles does he have in terms of coaching? Yeah, or... I'm just thinking, do you think it'd be a bad look if he was on the sideline? Um, Not for like the Patriots, but for him and like the situation, like, Wait a minute. You're you were just fired by Detroit, where the Lions you're, you're supposedly listed as a assistant, yet you're on the sideline, like right the diagram in place for like Lawrence Guy. And then you get into he's not available to the media because he's not an assistant coach. But if he's not an assistant coach. Why is he on the sideline? What's he right. doing? Yeah, there's going to be some vagaries there. And then the other thing you and others noted is that Ernie Adams, who's retired, was on yeah. the field and. I've kind of posed the idea that maybe Matt's going to be more of an Ernie Adams type role, just a all encompassing advisor observer, not really front office, not really statistical analytics, not really coach, but some combination of all of those things. But with Ernie still there, who knows what Ernie's role is going to be, even though Ernie said he was out and he was just yeah, a fan. Damn to say, he's the first fan that they let into practice officially. Cause he said he was just going to sit with the fans now. Yeah, that, it was bizarre. I mean, it was just like probably three quarters of the way through the practice. And I look through my binoculars and say, wait a minute, that guy looks like Ernie Adams. And then zoom in. And sure enough, it is. Talking you know what it reminded me of? What? Our station, the morning show. Danielle leaves the morning show. Then she's back on the morning show. You're like, you you barely left. You were gone a week ago and now you're back. Like, And when it's not even like Adams is made available. Like I, maybe somebody could ask Bill next week. Like, do you have any you know, comp, like status on Ernie, like, is he just helping out? Like, they just get Ernie's bored at still here? Is he not here? Cause they get my bored eyes at saw home. him here, but you told me like, yeah, just get yeah, bored at home. Weird. Like, I, I don't know. And again, it's, this, it's, not, it's not a major development. Like, like he, he could have just been bored at home and came to watch practice. Like, right. I don't really care. I mean, it doesn't really affect me other than I told you and, you know, GRD, Mr. Pissy Poopy Pants, shot it down like, nope, there's not going to be anything lost with Casario and, and Ernie gone. I tend to think that I respect what those guys have contributed to the last 20 years. So I think if you're it's kind of like Hightower, if I'm going to respect Ernie Adams and Nick Casario for what they did to help bring success and winning, if they're gone, I'm going to question how much of a loss it is, who fills mm -hmm. the void. And that's where I am with some of those guys.
yeah, I mean, we'll we'll just see how it plays out. Maybe he's not even out there next week, and then maybe his official day was was yesterday. Maybe he booked a cruise, but the cruise is next week. He had a free week, so he's like, yeah, Bill, I'll hang out for a little while. I mean, how the hell should I know? Right. Um, any other questions from yesterday? Thoughts, or do you want to get into uh, the other big topic with the Patriots? Other than can't uh, other than Mac Jones, this is for you. I yep. wasn't there. Can't tell you. Like, just give me a like two or three visual first reaction re- guys, okay. things, whatever. Aguilar's got some speed. I think he could definitely add something to the offense that they've missed in the last several years. He's just got that burst of speed. Um, the best completion of the day in that seven on seven was Hoyer throwing deep to Aguilar, probably like 40 yards. Like I, I think he's a guy that actually could help this team. He, he looks like an NFL receiver. I think he will help. Um, what's Nikhil Harry still the same guy. Just, <laughs> just, I, and like they weren't competitive drills. They were just going through like fundamentals stuff, but just lazy drops. McDaniel's gone on him a few times. Like just, he didn't do anything that was like, Oh, this guy like really took a big step this off season. Seems like a guy that's going to really help out. I didn't see that. Um, um, yep. Did he look smaller? My, my pals over at Patriots.com. I saw wrote that they thought he looked a little lighter, a little thinner. I would say that could be true. Like I, I kind of was trying to think that he gained weight. Did he lose weight? He definitely didn't put on weight. I would. Okay. So he's either the same or, or a little bit less. Yes. Okay, good. Um, on when it seems to be moving inside. I think he's going to replace Joe too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we expected, right? Yes. Like, yeah. That was kind of the obvious. Based on what they had, what the adding in uh, Trent Brown, I think it made sense. But I think seeing it visually was sort of the and, – and Isaiah went in, Trent Brown weren't there. That was they were, Those were two guys that missed. But Onwenu was working inside. Um, so I think that's probably where he's going to be playing this year. Okay. How about uh, Stevenson? Was he out there? No. No. Running yeah. backs, running backs, very, there was only two running backs out there, J.J. Taylor, Tyler Gaffney. So when you saw those names listed a lot and like, oh, come caught in passes, that's why. There was only two running backs out there. And that's probably why Tyler Gaffney was signed last week because they needed a guy that somewhat knew the system and would, you know, help things go. 100%. I think that's the biggest big, – what does Bill like to say? He's available. <laughs> Tyler Gaffney was available and, and even better yet, available with experience in our system, yes. knows what he's doing. We can put him out there. Um, because Stevenson, though, is a guy that I feel like, based on his build and his skill set, could be a shorts and t-shirts wow kind of guy like wow he, he, I would, I would a agree. big guy he can catch yeah. the ball like so I'm, I'm intrigued to see him um just for sort of that sort of just initial visual uh analysis how about the kickers um nick folk wasn't there aguayo looked decent like we, we actually noticed that both aguayo and nord nordine the undrafted guy out of michigan looked yep. better than than war Warsha did last year well, that's good so, because I mean, this was somewhere in the early stages of Rohrwasser's quote, spraying the ball all over the field. <laughs> yes. Oh, another minor thing that probably nobody cares about, but you might be interested in, and fans might be interested too. They swapped the fields. So, oh, yeah. no longer are they um, horizontal to the stadium, they're vertical. Does that I make don't sense? think that's how that works. No. Perpendicular or parallel? Yeah. You can't. 
you, you, you can't have a vertical field that would be straight up and down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before it went like that. No. The horizon is flat. Vertical means up and down like they'd be playing up in, in the sky. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It, it went, is it the went... field perpendicular to Gillette Stadium's playing field or parallel? It's uh, per- no perpendicular. Yeah, but they do that sometimes in the spring. They do it one way, and then for training camp, they'll rotate it again. So I wouldn't get locked into that. This is the first time I've seen it like this. It was. It's not. It's not good for um, the media's perspective because they can do a whole seven on seven, eleven on eleven for the field way far away from you, and you're you got a bad view. So right. let's hopefully that they switch back to the old method uh, come July. I think they will. That that'll be my prediction is that they will have one field in front of the main bleachers and one field, yes, parallel to it, not vertical to it. <laughs> People probably understand what I'm saying. I'm probably gonna get some crap for it, but that's, that, that's probably there is no doubt in my mind. There are people typing up tweets as we speak. They haven't even heard it yet, and somehow their spider sense is telling them start tweet ripping Ryan Hannibal here. All right. Okay, before we uh, wrap this up, the last thing wrap we need this to up. We have to get a couple things to get into. Julio Why Jones. Not? How long are we going here? I feel like we've been going for a long time. We're I like 45 we, minutes in. Yeah, I guess we have. Wow. You've been babbling nonstop. Wow. Um, Julio Jones. Yep. So Julio Jones wants he's, – he's out of Atlanta. He is on the trade block. Titans, Patriots, few other teams reportedly – they have a first-round pick on the table, although I say reportedly it's Diana Rossini. I was going to so. ask you, do you believe that? <laughs> and then she also made it clear it's not the Titans because they're a long shot. Yeah. She had a specific report on the Titans as a long shot. So the, the team offering a first-round pick can't be the Titans because if you're offering a first-round uh, pick, you're not a long shot. Did you take that as we're a couple days away from the deadline? Like, let's try to drum, drum up the price. 100%. I did take it that way. Um, but then, so I knew how to take that. What I didn't know how to take was Deion Sanders advising Julio Jones that he should go to a playoff team or a team with a history of winning Makes sense. at Patriots. The okay. Patriots were included. Sure. sure, sure. But then told him, be careful and don't, as a dome wide receiver, don't go to a team in cold weather. <clears throat> the Patriots are in cold weather. So I don't know if Deion's advising him to go to the Patriots or not. Well, just like I probably didn't pass math class and going over that type of stuff, Deion Sanders didn't pass geography class. No, but he is a head coach in college football. It's true. It's true. Who, who may or may not have had his stuff stolen at the last game they played, and there was a whole fiasco there. Uh, so, Julio, go ahead. When He gets traded on or by the first? Yep, probably. And – Apparently, there's they want to get rid of him now. The owners, yeah, I was upset say, it's, it's pretty safe to assume he's out of Atlanta. Yes. Uh, do you think the Patriots have a legitimate shot? I think they have a legitimate shot. I don't think it happens. I don't either. I, I just all along, I've it's just never felt real to me or serious. It's I don't know. One why. of those like. It happens all the time. Like a big name free agent, a big name player is available or a free agent. Everybody tweets out the Belichick stopping into the Lions game. Right. Like it's and and then Giardi fueled it with they've had internal discussions. But then like so followed, every team. I was just like, saying he followed that with, well, I can't, I don't know how serious they were. Like, of course, like yeah. That's like you saying to your wife, hey, I was thinking maybe a menage a trois with the hot girl down the street. You had internal discussions. Your wife may have shot, likely did shoot it down immediately, 
but you had internal discussions about the possibility. It's the same thing that happened the last offseason with Tom Brady. Every team discussed it. Like, it wasn't like, right. yeah. Don't you discuss everything? I, I just, I like don't know. The, I, and what does it even define? Like, it, it, could, it could be on the screen of the TV. Oh, Julio Jones, of, of like, could be available. And then Josh and Bill's like, oh, oh like, just like, right. th- does that qualify as an internal discussion? Or does it, is it even just, I mean, you can even make a phone call. Wait, you guys want him out of the NFC, so we're we're one of the better options of half right. the league. We have the cap space. We have the cap space. We can make it work the easiest for Julio. We have a mid-round pick. What do you look at? Oh, you want a first-round pick? Oh, you want? Nope, we're good. Thank you. We had discussions. We're done. Right. Because we have talked about this. I do think it, it alters the entire perspective on the offense. It changes mm-hmm. the expectations on the quarterback, the offense, Everything becomes more magnified. You suddenly are a different offense, a different team. McDaniels is in a different world. You're probably running different. I'm not saying your entire offense philosophy changes, but it kind of does, right? Well, it has to because if Nelson Aguilar gets two targets, well, you're Nelson Aguilar. Shut up. We pay, We overpaid you. Go back out there. If Julio gets two targets and one catch, it's a story, and it's probably to Julio. Julio probably cared. Plus, like – there's a pressure. I just no. The pressure thing is a good one because if let's just say Mac Jones is the starter week one and you have Julio Jones and you're not putting up thirty points a week, you're suddenly a question there. What the, what's going on here? And Mac right. Jones like, what are you talking? I'm, I'm it's my first start. Like I I didn't throw an interception today. Like it's a good day. Like I think it's ridiculous, but immediately last week when the Patriots were kind of part of the story. Everybody, Dan Orlovsky, Pete, uh, they're one of the three or four best teams in the AFC. They're contenders. They're they're going to not only make the playoffs, but it could be well beyond that. It changes the whole narrative around the team and then the offense. I, it's weird because I would want him because he's good. Mm-hmm. And I think you should always want good players, impact players. But I don't know if it would be good for them for this year in a weird way. I don't No, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing eye to eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, and just as I started, my gut has told me all along, no, like that's, that's pure gut, not, not any, anything other than just pure gut that it's not going to happen. And if I also, part of that is, I don't think he'd want to be here necessarily. Like to me, this wouldn't be at the top of his list. Yeah, who threw out there like that he should be looking to like where Aaron Rodgers goes and try to like get involved in like a super team type thing, like sort of like what happened last year with Brady or just, you know, pull a Antonio Brown Gronk type thing and look for a place where I can join a fun or Levy and bell when he goes to Kansas city last year, like it didn't work out in a flashy fun way, but to me, that's where he's made a boatload of money. I'd be looking, I'd be more willing to renegotiate or do whatever I needed to do to go to. And I don't think he, does he feel like a Belichick guy to you? Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought of that. My my instincts more towards yes than no, yeah. Just because I mean the Alabama thing with Nick, uh, but also for the most part in his career he's been just sort of a quiet, productive. Yeah, he's not a diva number one receiver. Like he's not like Juju. He's not like he's not like those guys. He kind of just right. quietly goes about his business, puts up big numbers, and. And I think he's probably got a little Brady to him in that. Do I think he has some of those feelings? Yes, but he keeps them wrapped up other than when he may or may not have known he was on TV and said, I'm out of there. Like, yeah, like, I don't think he would have answered that the same way. I, I think he didn't know he was on TV. I think that was a whole, 
um, he would have handled that differently because I do think he's a professional for the oh, most part. Uh, yes, yes. He's not T.O. or one of these guys in the in history just kind of shoot his way out of town. He wants out, but I don't think he wants to go all in to do it. So, but okay. So give me a prediction. Where does he go? Or I, the Raiders. I like the Raiders. I like the Raiders a lot. Like I think that's a. They're a team that could overpay, could be desperation. I uh, saw that's, the. That's that's the only reason why I look at it. I think Atlanta really wants a one. I think the Raiders are dumb enough to give a one, and like he would help their team for sure. They kind of like the big splash. Like they right. wouldn't be they wouldn't be afraid to make a bold move. That's just and like yes. I mean, like I saw the list of odds for the first coach fired, and Gruden's in the top four, maybe top four or five. He's he's near the top of the list. Um, and it just feels like a Raider old school Raiders move. And now that they're in Vegas, even though I know their tickets are hot, I think their tickets are second only to the Patriots in terms of the Brady game as like yeah. hottest tickets in football. Um, I think the Raiders is a good one. I think Seattle's a sneaky possibility. I think Seattle could that kind of goes along the line of like the super team ish, like finding it the picking your right spot. Yep. Not only the super team, but you have a quarterback who previously was one of the disgruntled that wanted out of Seattle. Maybe you can kind of placate him, make him happy. And you also have an offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron who comes from the Rams and the Rams have always been very aggressive in this type of way. And I think, you know, as he's building his new look passing attack around Russell Wilson, I mean, if you put together Lockett, DK and Julio, Julio that's, that's the that's best in the NFL. That. That could be a lot of fun. They could be really, really good. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put Seattle on the list. What about the Colts? I like the Colts. Um, I like the idea of it. The one problem is if I'm Julio, What's I don't it? know what I it's a dome team if it's Dion's uh it's a dome team, but it's also a team with a new quarterback coming off a hellacious season, like yep. It's kind of the same thing with the Patriots and like the, that pressure thing. Yeah. Like that would instantly raise that that pressure. Right. And if I'm I'm Julio, I'm trying to get to a place where I feel good about the quarterback. Like, remember the comment that he part of the reason he wants out is Matt Ryan's lost a little well, thing. Yeah. Like, I want to go to a place, and, and it doesn't have to be like a Hall of Famer. It doesn't have to be Rodgers or, but like, let's just throw the Chargers out there as a team that has an established young star court or. The Browns. Look at the Raiders out there. Derek Carr. Yeah, I I think the Raiders would would fit, or the 49ers, I guess, with Jimmy might fit a Super Bowl quarterback. But um, and obviously the ties to Shanahan might be something that would make it appealing to go to the the 49. I just I don't think it's the Patriots. I don't think it's the Patriots, and it and it it can't be the 49ers based on Rossini's report, right? Because they don't have any first round picks. Correct. Yeah, my my gut says no to the Patriots, but like, give what's your percentage that he comes to the Patriots? Ten percent. Oh, you're that low? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's what they're into. Like I was gonna say, like twenty five. Although this will bite me in the ass, and you like, know they'll come and if it happens, if it happens, you can see why it happened. Obviously, sure. But I think for the reasons we've said, I think the Patriots kind of look at it and say, yeah, like. He's a good player. We like what he does. He could fit, but maybe it doesn't make sense right now. What about the Ravens? I could see that. 
I don't know what their cap space is like, but I could see that potentially. I don't either, but they're an aggressive team. Yeah. Who they get in Gaku last year. Like they're aggressive in a lot of these moves. They have a quarterback passing game that needs to take the next step, needs to find a way to continue to evolve. You could probably convince Julio like, oh, you really like Lamar. Like you guys can do some good things together. And I will say, while I have my doubts about Lamar as a passer, if he extends extended plays where Lamar is throwing to Julio, that is that's that, like that could be some Mahomes to Tyree Tyreek Hill stuff. Mahomes to Tyreek, or I was thinking of uh Johnny Football to Mike Evans at Texas AM, where he used to just like scramble, scramble, chuck it deep to Evans to win games. Like mm-hmm. that could be fun. That could be productive. Well, well, the next podcast we do, probably Julio Jones might have a new team. I hope so. It could be even our own with the Patriots. We could be doing an emergency podcast. Uh, I hope so. That'd be fun. I like to be wrong if it's that exciting. And yeah. one thing I've said there, so does that mean every sentence you have to write Mac Jones or Julio Jones, you have to give first and last name in stories? Uh, probably. So we don't, we don't want that. That'd be kind of a pain in the ass, no? A big one. Or do we go like fanboy blogger and just go Mac and Julio? We could always just do that. Probably not. That's no. what Fitzy will do. Fitzy can do that. But we'll stick with Mac Jones and Julio Jones, but it'll be a pain in the ass. Yes. Uh, anything else you want to get to before we wrap this up? No, nah, I want to get to the gym. All right. Um, <laughs> next week with the Friday practice podcast, we'll, we'll figure things out. Probably Friday afternoon. Probably. probably. We should do it as a wrap-up of the second OTA access. I would agree. I would agree. So. Plan on, for your planning purposes, the next Friday afternoon podcast. Plus, I will be fresh off the field, I think, for the first time in, Jesus Christ. It's been like two years. <laughs> do, you, do you need like a, a map on how to get there? No, but I might need some advice. I'll call you. <laughs> so, yes, next week, next Friday afternoon or evening podcast, fresh off the field. And I'm going to say, I don't know. I thought Mac Jones looked bigger than I expected him to be. <laughs> well, that'll make for a good podcast then. All right. All right. Well, have a good Memorial Day weekend and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.